no, 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 Hello, everybody. It's Norm over here from the Norm's Rare Guitars podcast. I want to tell you about my buddy, Bill Champlin, one of my idols. This guy is one of the great guitar players, keyboard players, songwriters. He wrote one of my favorite tunes of all time for Earth, Wind & Fire called After the Love is Gone. Um, That's just a small portion of the stuff. He played with Chicago for so many years. Great keyboard player, great everything. It's the great Bill Champlin. Hey, um... everybody, Norm over here, and we're at the Norm's Rare Guitars podcast, and uh, I'm welcoming today one of my big heroes, because I'm like an R&B kind of guy, and uh, we've got the great Bill Champlin from the band Chicago, from the band The Sons of Champlin, and uh, several new projects that he's doing, my buddy Nick Dias on guitar with him too, this is like acoustic funk, part one, part two, and whatever you want to call it. Just send money to Norm's Rare Guitars, and you'll uh, you can have all the copies of this as you want. But uh, I just want to say um, it's my honor to have been blessed to have some of the greatest players in town, and a lot of them live very close by. And Bill is one of them who uh, lives just right up the street. <laughs> How convenient! And uh, yeah, could, yeah. could you find us? I'm the guy that threw the rock through your window from my house. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, okay. That's when you were wondering who that was. Yeah, I was, figured it was another happy customer. It was the one that said, I want your Stratocaster. I Uh-oh. want it now. You know. Well, let me just say this. Um, you know, I've been aware of Bill's career for so many years, and he's written so many great tunes. He played with Chicago for how many years? Oh, God. 20... Uh, seemed like a week, but it was about 20, 28 years. Wow. I kind of came in right around the time Foster did. Right. Uh, David kind of that was just lift, sort of lifted, the, yeah, lifted the game a little bit. And I heard that they originally wanted you to replace Terry Cash. Yeah, right? but I I, I kind of misunderstood and thought it was a guitar, uh, like a guitar chair, and I went, man, I can't touch that guy with a with a twenty foot pole. And I'm not bragging, you know. I mean, it was just <laughs> like it was it was. Uh, I just went, no, I don't, I don't think that's the right move. You know, yeah. I mean, I'd get there, I'd play one solo, and then I'd play the same one again for every song and be like, no, man, you ain't working. Uh, yeah, I don't think I mean, you're really a real guitar well, they, player. They were looking for a vocalist. Well, well they were looking for a vocalist, and they kind of had a, a, you know, when I finally got in there, I didn't realize it until one, you know, two, three years later when, uh, when you know, Danny and I started working together and writing together is when things started to move. You and bit. Danny Serafini. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, well, it was kind of weird because Danny called up. Actually, the guy that called me was this guy, Angelo. He was a great singer, you know, a great singer. And I'd done a record with him on Fantasy label like four years before. Right. And he called up. He says, man, can I, you know, I was right in the middle of, actually, I was totally late, Late getting home from from doing a, a session with Written Hour for uh, I think the Rit album. So I was wow. doing Written oh, wow. Hour like uh, in Lee Written Hour. Yeah, in Lee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I was just kind of singing backgrounds with me and Eric Tag, who was the guy that sang "Is It You," which I co-wrote, and uh, right. and then he did Mr. Briefcase, which song. was really cool. And David worked with him a lot, you know, so I kind of kind of was in that little scene. So I came home really late, and he called up at like nine in the morning, and said, "Hey man, can I get you to?" Come in and sing some backgrounds. We're doing a demo. Danny Seraphin's producing. I said, "Oh wow, really? That's really great." And I said, and I kind of gave him the old routine. I said, "Man, I got a really bad cold. I don't, you know, which I didn't." <laughs> yeah. You know, he said, "Well, you know, Pete said the same thing." I said, "Pete." He said, "Yeah, Peter Cetera, but he's going to go ahead and do it anyway." I said, "What session? Where? When?" <laughs> what? I'll, I'll come so we, right now. you know, so we were working some stuff out very quietly in the booth, and I went out to the microphone, and Seraphin and the engineer and everybody was in the room just went, "Huh." Ah. 
there's wow. there's a blend. Yeah, that's screaming. So that kind of was the beginning. Of so it was you and Peter just coming. Yeah, me and Peter just on a microphone. Yeah. you know we still get along great. We you know we're we're still pals. But oh, that's that guy awesome. could sing. Yeah, you know? and he's a he's wow. a lot better bass player than most people give him credit for. You're no for. slouch. Yeah. Huh? You're no slouch either. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he well, can, uh, one thing I want to say is is that Bill uh, is also known for keyboards. One of the great. Hammond B3 players. I like the B3. And, uh, I don't solo well on it, but I comp like a motherfucker. That's the way I like to do it. I'm like a Booker T kind of player. Play one note, turn the Leslie on, just try to choose the right note. Hey, we did, a, we did a benefit, and I followed Booker T, and, I, and he finished with Green Onions, and I went and just looked at the draw bars. Just and went, to see what he was doing. It's cool. Okay. And I was doing another thing. I was playing rhythm guitar with Mike Riley, and Mike Finnegan was playing organ. And another Mike's, one. Mike's one of the all time greats on Hammond B3, plus yeah. singing, and oh, forget about it. And I just, I was like standing right next to him, looking over his shoulder, seeing, what do you do with these draw bars? <laughs> After a while, he was covering, playing his, like this, covering his draw bars. <laughs> so he couldn't rip his, his hey, man, what are you doing, man? That <laughs> yeah, was pretty Don't funny. look. We jive at each other from the word go. Well, you know, I mean, for R&B, I have to say, one of my favorite tunes of all time is After the Love is Gone. And oh, cool. you wrote that with my friend Jay Graydon and, and David Foster. David Foster, yeah. yeah. That's it. We and wrote it for my album, and I just never really cut it very well. I heard the demo, and I actually... I thought it was great. Yeah, know? I mean, well, we it started off in A, and then... Uh, a lot of chords in Or however it worked. But when he when he did it with Maurice and Earth Wind and Fire, they they had did the false verse down. It. Yeah, had the verse down and, and actually Maurice sang the false. Toward the end, they brought Philip in, but Maurice had a better false than really? a lot of people know about. Yeah, wow. he's an amazing amazing singer. He's really cool. Yeah, a good drummer too. He played drums on almost all that stuff. Really, live Freddie, his brother Freddie was playing, but I think in the in the studio a lot of it was Maurice. That's amazing. How, well, I mean, he kind of started his career playing drums for Ramsey Lewis when Ramsey was hotter than a pistol. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, how happy were you when you heard the cover version then? Uh, of their like version? It? Yeah. I didn't really dig it until it was really in the like top it. five. Then I dug it a lot. <laughs> yeah. you know. well, I'll tell you that. It got better. Until the IRS guy was knocking on my door. You know, the envelope literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't really dig it from me. I kind of I, I thought it, I thought it rushed a little bit. You know, I loved your version that you guys did okay. originally, and but I thought they and the Airplay really took did a, a version where I sang some of it and Tommy Funderburg sang some of it. Uh huh. You know, Tommy's an amazingly great singer. Wow. And uh, and he was kind of the singer with uh, with uh, uh, with Airplay. Uh -huh. Great record, man. Check that album out. I don't know if you pulled it out lately. It's a no. mon there's a monster. There's some songs, there. songs on there. Nothing you can do about it. Insane. Great. And you played with a bass player in Chicago, a buddy of ours, Jason Schiff, who is yeah. fantastic bass player and a fantastic singer at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So, but no uh, sense of humor. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Wrong. You seen that pink bass, right? Huh? <laughs> His pink bass. Oh, the uh, the Lakeland the T, that he played. The T Mobile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, he's good. He's I think it, I think for a while he was playing five string, and then he played four string. But he, it was the f the bottom four strings of a five string. He's at been one point. in the store a couple of times, and he usually just comes in and he'll pl plunk himself down and go, "Yeah, what are we doing?" And just. You know, yeah. play a ridiculous bass line yeah, and sing it. He's got some chops. His dad's, his dad's a good bass player, He's too. got a gene, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's, got, he's yeah. got a good gene. Yeah. Yeah. His dad played with Elvis just in yeah, case. Jerry, uh, yeah, Jerry Schaff. Yeah. He played on a lot of Doors records. I mean, he was yeah. one of the, kind of one of the wrecking guys. crew in a lot of ways. Yeah. You right. Know? I mean, Carol did a lot of the a lot of the bass playing, but Jerry was in there on, on a few he things. He was in there. Well, you know. Well, one of our buddies, um, Don Peak, we did a podcast with, and Don was in the wrecking crew, and Don played on... Everything from the early Jackson Five tunes mm -hmm. to "Let's Get It On" to "You've Lost That Love and Feeling." Leon was on a lot of those dates too. Yeah, as, as a piano player, absolutely. He was Leon he was Russell. a leader. I remember when uh, uh, Dick and Dee Dee put out "Mountainside." Sure, I remember. Leon was the guy that says, "Well, take your tom tom, put it on top of the snare, and do yaga daga dot." He was wow. the guy that came up with that idea. And somebody, and I remember going to see him at a, at a, at a show one time and. Heard one guy say to another guy, he said, hey, who's Dick and Dee Dee? He says, I don't know, but I'm next. <laughs> I was just thought that was insanely uh, funny. You know, we don't, we don't talk that way on this show. I, mean, yeah. I, I liked it, it, though. I don't give a we shit. We do now. I mean, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the, somebody said to me years ago, hey, that razor blade's still the best EQ in town. Yeah. <laughs> 
God. It was. That was. Those were the old days. Acts you know, not now whack. all you got to do is do one chorus and just kind of loop it. And, yeah. you know, you if, you pl- to... if you cut to a click, if you, if you don't do the click, it's really hard to fly so, stuff. Yeah. So Did you used to play with Leon Russell? No, no. I mean, yeah, actually, we did a, 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 I got a, another group that I do in Sweden with Joseph Williams and Peter Freestead and me and Tamara usually comes and sings with us. Wow. And we, we, uh, we split the bill for like, I don't know, eight or nine shows in Sweden and Norway. Cool. And uh, and Leon was there. He was, I mean, there was a wheelchair up to the stage. Wow. And then he got on this piano, and and he's just that four octave stuff that he does, yeah. just nailed it. And you know, I was going, look at that. He's, you know, if I was doing that, my muscles would be aching from having, <laughs> you know, from doing that. Yeah. He just does it from the wrist. Really, he's just great player. Yeah, just a, just a natural, a long time, yeah, real natural yeah. player. I mean, the, the sons. My my original band, the son's uh, second line him on a tour years ago. The Gap was his background, was his you know backup band. The Gap band, oh, yeah, really? yeah. I mean, he gave four songs to to really uh, to uh, Charlie Wilson to go out, and he was doing some Stevie Wonder. I stuff. love Charlie Wilson, yeah. by the good way. Singer, great man. singer, man. Yeah, really kicking. You know, some really cool stories there. I mean, and was, they were it, his backing band. They were backing him. It's like all Tulsa cats. Wow! And the, the gap amazing. came out of Tulsa, yeah. but and but he had Chuck Blackwell also playing drums. He had two drummers, yeah. which is kind of his his mode. But there's one point where he was playing, and all of a sudden he did. The band broke down, and he did four octaves of Holiday for Strings. It lightning speed. Wow. Yeah. Four octaves, just stoop, boop, 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 boop. amazing. Just fucking unbelievable. You know, um, you know, one thing that Jaco Pastorius was involved in was Holiday for Pans, and they were those Jamaican pans, steel you know, drummer, steel, drums. steel drums. And uh, you should hear that. I mean, I've that's loved kind it. of whacked out, you yeah. know, to hear it on on steel drums. Jaco was an and amazing musician. I grew up with Jaco in Miami. Really? So yeah. I, so, so then you probably knew. Uh, 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 guy that we was the president of of Korg America for a while. Uh, I thought you were going to say TK Records. I'm no, my names are just escaping me. I mean, I spent top dollar on my memory loss. So you're going <laughs> to notice that as time you got goes the best. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's uh, there's shock therapy that you know seemed to work for me for yeah. a while. Yeah, you know? I hear you. Well, every once in a while, I'll just stick my finger in a in an AC in thing just to just see if I can yeah. see if I can pull that, that back out again. Yeah, make sure everything works. That'll, that'll <laughs> make you at least come awake. You know. Yeah, so right. one thing so, that you also did was. Uh, you wrote "Turn Your Love Around" for George Benson. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Steve, Steve uh, Lukather and Jay Graydon kind of got it started. They handed it to me, and they had pretty much had most of the melodies. I, I came up with the melody for the bridge, uh, and uh, and just knocked off the knocked off the. I, I was having I was using a lot in those days. You know, I was kind of a coke junkie for a while, yeah. and it took me. I was writing it, and I just can't get. I need five syllables. Da 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 da. And I didn't come up with them until we did the demo. And I went, how about Turn Your Love Around? Because I was telling Jay. Was, That's it. That's yeah. it. And Jay went, perfect. Something like, let's just use it for now. I said, what do you mean for now? That's the song. And so it was, like, <laughs> it was over with. You know, yeah. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. One day, um, we were at my old store. And uh, my old store, we were kind of off the path. And, um, you know, sometimes we'd sit there for two hours and nothing would be happening. Yeah. And out of boredom, we would go over to, there was a, uh, bowling alley down the street, and we used to oh, bet okay. on almost anything at my old store. We from pinball machines and stuff. I I actually compulsive gambler. You saying? Oh yeah, I had yeah. a pinball machine in the store, and one day I took the vacuum cleaner and broke the pinball machine because it was cheaper for me to break the machine than to keep it around. To keep I was playing. losing fifty bucks a game on the pinball machine. Yeah, exactly. So anyhow, you we figured out how to yeah. empty. Yeah, it, no, no, no. I mean, you know, so look at those big hotels in Vegas. Yeah, they didn't get them from you winning. Yeah. Well, no, they they got part of that from me. Losing, yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you, when I went over to the, uh, we decided we'd bet on a bowling, on some bowling games. So we go over there, and we're bowling, and right next to us is Jay Graydon. Good bowling, no amazingly. Good I mean, bowling. we're standing there and we're watching him, and he's like throwing strike. After he knows, strike he knows after more strike. about you know, and he, and he knows like, man, sometimes they oil it too much, so you got to change your oh, whole. Oh yeah, no. So <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, I've gone to sessions at his house and done an hour and a half of watching. You know, watching all these, you know, insane bowlers. He says, now look what this guy's doing. Check this out. I mean, Jay's just, wow. you know, he's I mean, not, he's, he's a guy that when he, when he, when he programs, he's talking nanoseconds. Wow. He said, man, you got to get your groove right in that little place that, you know, I mean, it's just insane. Wow. Well, we were watching him. Bright, bright almost, dude. Very yeah, bright yeah, yeah. Dude. He almost Great. bowled a perfect game. And yeah. we're kind of looking at him going. 
That's where he kind of lived. Hell. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And then I said, Jay. He said uh, when he was a kid like that a he was, it was a toss-up between being a musician and a professional bowler. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I guess he made the right choice. You know, I don't much. know if the bowlers are making a lot of dough these days. No, nah, they, they never did, really. I mean, well, I think they made it off of, like, fashion. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. a lot of people they would yeah. see how bowlers dressed, and yeah. uh, you know, and, you know, you can yeah. make uh, Charlie Sheen and the TV shows. All, oh yeah, all bowling, yeah, bowling shows. shirts. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've got a few of those. You know, so I mean, well, you know, thank God he age, didn't. You thank, want something that fits loose? Thank God for all those solos. <laughs> Tell me about yeah. it. Well, speaking so, of something so that's well, loose, so. let's get back to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know there I you wanted, go. I wanted to ask you, how did the Sons of Champlain come about originally? Well, you, we we had was a group, that your first major? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. the first one that got any any record deals to speak right. of. We we had a group called the Opposite Six, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, just during high school, and we had like these bro shitty. And where were you bro- geographically? Uh, Marin County, California. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So we and we, you know, everybody had these razor cuts, hair hairdos, and a couple of horns. We had a couple of saxes. Yeah. And doing steps and doing the whole thing. This was long before the, before the, the, everything broke. Right. You know, what before, was uh, you so was like a band up there before? Yeah. I remember my Clover. band opened Clover. Yeah, right. Clover. Yeah. And I remember we opened for that. Huey's a man. People don't get it. They say, what a great singer and songwriter. Man, that guy's one of the best harp players ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. He Huey's had some had some real serious yeah. hearing problems lately he's dealing with. That uh, She's kind of out of it for a while. But huh? That's, uh, there's, huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you guys were mighty fine. Oh, about 1030. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, you know, such a great career. And by the way, with the Sons, Terry Haggerty was your guitar player. Oh, yes. Screamer. I, I mean, he, he wrote the L5. book. A lot of people, a lot of people just go, you couldn't wait for the next solo. I was working with Mike Miller. He says, man, we used to just wait for the next Sons album to see what kind of craziness Terry would get into. Yep. He yeah. said, but just, you know, those, that first album, man, he'd do these really nutty, full tilt screamer guitar solos, and then there'd be a couple of blues solos. And I went, mm, that was actually me. <laughs> I can't I'm do, the blues guy. I would be the blues yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He said, oh, really? Wow, all righty then. You know. so, Terry's a cool cool dude. He's, he didn't want to play with his sons at this point. At this point, Carmen's playing with us. Carmen cool. Grillo, who I don't think a lot of people are aware of him, but man. And he was in a couple of weeks ago. He's yeah, amazing. he yeah. is. Yeah, he came over to my house right afterwards. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, got, nice fella. Hopped on a trampoline, jumped once, and there he was at my house. But... <laughs> uh, uh, he's he's an insanely great singer. Yeah, unbelievably great guitar player. He's a good engineer. I mean, I, the first time I heard him, I was backstage and I was listening. And they, they had a he had this guy Jan Garfinkel was playing organ with him, right. and he had he was playing a, a Tal Farlow. Yeah, and singing. Nineteen year old kid, real little guy, and I went, I gotta go hear those two guys. And I went out. It was just this kid. I just went, I gotta I gotta meet this kid. So yeah. we just we became fast friends. I mean, he was best man at my wedding. Really? To Tamara. Awesome. Which one? Uh, oh, uh, with Tamara. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. With Tamara. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. second one. Oh, okay. Second and last. We're we're yeah. we're grooving. That was. She's awesome. Was thirty eight years ago. If you've never seen Bill and his wife. Uh, yeah. In concert. Hey, it's by the way, they, we got we got something coming down uh, uh, in about. Almost two weeks, week and oh, a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, at Bogies, a place called Bogies in Westlake. Just look Mr. it up. Mr. Ken on, Green's. Yeah, Ken uh, Green's place. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. And, That's uh, a great club. And this, and this new band that we have musician. called Wonderground, which is pretty swinging little band. Oh, I've heard it. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's not exactly like, well, I want to go to Bogies and. And hear somebody jamming. Here it is. Anybody want to see it? There you go. <laughs> uh, for those of you that are listening you, to the podcast, um, you see how this looks? Well, you can't see how it looks because you're listening to the podcast. But the Don't following week it. on the All Guitar Network, you get it for free. And you get to see, who's this guy over here? This is a... That's a solo album I did about 10 years is ago. That is that Huey Lewis? No, Lewis or who's me. That? That's you? Oh, man. Dink. You know, uh, sorry about that. Yeah. Somebody uh, came on an airplane and says, man, you're Huey Lewis. I said, no, I'm not. He said, no, no, you're Huey Lewis. I said, well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm Huey Lewis. I mean, well, you should. what you should have said is, can I start a tab? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah well, not on an airplane. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that probably wouldn't work out. And my tabs well. are usually, you know, I would like three Diet Cokes, please. I mean, yeah, I know. That's me these I days. Left, I left that stuff behind in 85, I think, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Diet Cokes are like my medicine. Huey Lewis, he used to do a lot of stuff with Phil Lynott in London. He was yeah. really good friends with the Thin Lizzy. Guys. Yeah, 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 amazing. He was a sweetie pie, man. Good yeah. harp player, but one of the best. You know, yeah. he does that octave thing. Right. I don't even know how they do that, but it's like he's playing his stuff in octaves. It's just, I've, you know, I know a little bit about harp. You know, they, right. usually breathing in is the key that you're in. Uh, that much, you know, you know, and all, and that's about as much as I as I know. We Chicago did a record 
it was actually a solo thing, but it ended up being a Chicago record. We put the horns on it for a movie uh, called, and the song was "Hearts in Trouble." And and I, you know, did like was it days four of little days of thunder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Days of blunder. And uh, <laughs> and at some point of the game, I did you know like four little places where I did a harp lick. And you know, and in that band that, that uh, made the song. with Chicago, man, the, the harp player in that band is Tristan Bowden. He's a monster. Oh uh, yeah, he's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Spent a lot Tristan. of time listening to Butter, and you know, you can't, you can't beat that for a teacher. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, years ago, I had a band too. with this guy Rick Vito, and we had this guy oh, cool. Juke Logan, who I don't know if you knew him, I but he was, him. he was a, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Juke was fantastic harp player, and uh, and he played Wurlitzer piano. Yeah. Wurlitzer one for the money. Yeah, okay, <laughs> one of those. Yeah, so one forty B, and and uh, he was really good. Uh, and I don't want to mention who this was, but there was a famous girl singer who was very very well known but i don't want to we were playing at the topanga corral and this this was the days of uh there were a lot of drugs being used and uh we were sounding pretty good that night there were a lot of people that were on the dance floor everybody was raising hell and this girl thought it would be uh, a good idea to come up and do a tune with us which we would have been fine with her singing but juke would have like this uh little box of all his harps on top of his yes that's what i was about to bring up on top of his Wurlitzer piano and this uh very well-known r&b uh girl singer came up and decided she was so inspired by the tune that we were doing (laughs) that she would take a harp solo although she didn't play harp and didn't realize that they were in different keys and she pulled out (laughs) a random harp and uh we didn't know what to do we were all looking at her she was just a jazz ball ornette coleman oh yeah well yeah yeah, this was jazz but it was a different kind of jazz (laughs) so we looked at each other and we went (laughs) and we all left the stage and she went Fuck you guys! You'll <laughs> never work in LA again. Yeah. Uh, I won't bring up who it was, but a lot of people was, know, know who she was, and it was uh, you know so at how that time. Money that night. Uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> Yanking your chain. Legendary Topanga. I'm well, talking about a friend of mine, but that's uh, okay. yeah. So this is in Topanga, and yeah. those days there were a lot of drugs. And oh yeah, it was it was all going on. Stuff. But boy, then their little it's band came up. out of that that little that venue and that scene was little feet basically. yeah, yeah. we Absolutely. were just talking about insane, our mutual friend insane Ricky great me i mean the first time i heard him i just went oh my god this is good this stuff is really yeah. really good they had a couple of things with full horn section they're like oh man oh, well, Nick, you, you played with Richie for a while. yeah we, we actually started a little band of our own up in topanga when uh, we used to share a house together yeah. after after my first divorce and richie's second i think yeah or something yeah. Is that when and, uh, you said he was? You, we you were, guys were looking at each other and you started to get like love in your eyes. And that, no? <laughs> Help out a pal. Yeah, you, you would could you call it that? It was a it was a hell of a band. I'll tell you that. Whatever it was, lips we, have no gender. Rich, I don't know. Richie's like, grooves are, to, have yeah. always been just so. I mean, especially I, I, if you're in, locking I'd in. I call over Broughton Glass to play next to yeah, that guy. Like yeah. a like a New Orleansy second line thing, man. Him, I think him and Willie Ornelas and Tony Bronick. I know Willie own real well. Yeah. That stuff. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Willie shuffle. Willie. Oh, yeah, I played yeah. with Willie a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's a funny dude. Willie, hey, Willie. Willie or won't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Carmen Big bass drum. You use that big bass drum. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm Bronigal. Yeah, I'm Bronigal. And Tony's the same kind of thing. Yeah. They, they both can do that whole second line move and really make it feel the way it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost a shuffle and almost straight. Kind of goes back and pushing and pulling. And, and uh, there's only a few guys that can really make that, that thing work. That can pull it off. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, uh, Bill, you know, uh, you know, we're going to take a break in just a minute. But before we do, could you pick that guitar up again? And, and I'd yeah, like you on. and Nick to do something and let people hear you uh, uh, vocalize. Say it loud. Go on them. Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Kansas City, Kansas City, here I come. Got some crazy little women there. Lord, I'm gonna get me one. Gonna be standing on a corner. Trail Street Line. 
Twist she ain't fine With my Kansas City women and my bottle of Kansas City wine. Uh oh, show off. Well, I might take a plane, might take a train, y'all. If I got to walk, I'm gonna go there just the same. Gonna Kansas City, Kansas City, here I come. Got some crazy little women there. I'm gonna give me one. Keep it going, a little Take bit. it, Josh. Everybody, I want to thank you guys for listening. We're going to take a little break. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes. It's my honor to have the great Bill Tramplin. My buddy Nick Dias is playing up a storm here with him, too. These guys uh, play very nicely together, you know, like you knew each other or something. You're not English, are you, Bill? You speak English. Not even that's kind of de debatable. Shock treatments <laughs> to get him back into He's part it. part English. All I can I was say in, is, I was in Sweden, guys, and Max Martin said to me, "Hey man, you you learn any Swedish?" I said, "I'm still working on English, man." <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be back in just a minute, and I want to tell you guys if you would like to see what this looks like live, I don't know why you would, but if you would, it's free on the All Guitar Network the following Tuesday. So um, next Tuesday. Well, it's going to be. We're going to air this. I think it's going to be two or three weeks coming yeah. up oh, cool. and uh so the following tuesday you'll be able to see what this looks like whatever this mess is yes. and uh we got uh the good looking bill jamplin yeah and we got tune that. in because it's speedo's day at norman's rare yeah. guitar oh, oh yeah it's senior speedo's day <laughs> which means that nobody's gonna watch <laughs> i know well, i don't want to see it oh, all right yeah. it might be a little ugly <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute sorry about that guys <laughs> Woke up this morning Both my cars were gone <laughs> Woke up this morning Both my cars were gone I got so mad I threw my drink across the lawn Woke up this morning They stole my stocks and bonds Woke up this morning Oh, they stole my stocks and bonds. I got so mad, I threw my drink across the lawn. I want to try one. Hey, we are back with the great Bill Champlin. And my buddy Nick dies. And, uh, you know, Bill, you're going to have to explain something to me. <laughs> what blues guy's got two cars to be, have two cars gone? That's and a what Martin blues guy's got uh, <laughs> stocks and bonds? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I mean. Little, I mean, what kind of cars? Somebody like, sent me, somebody send me a rule of the blues. Right? <laughs> and, and the rules are like, you know, you can't have the blues if you drive a sob or a Volvo. <laughs> Even if you just killed a man in Memphis, you yeah. know. 
and you can't. Well, if, so it, if, yeah, if your name is Tab or <laughs> Troy, you can't have the blues. Yeah. I got a son-in-law named Troy. Yeah, <laughs> so I had a. I was doing a show, and we were doing uh, the you know the TV show in the heat of the night. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the, I remember that. I did the. Uh, the uh, the theme for it the vocal the Ray Charles wow yeah and that was a nice little thing but yeah. uh, at any rate the um, so I was in front of a complete uh, orchestra doing this thing in Norway this friends you know right after I was out of Chicago he said hey man can we just do your stuff I'll f- arrange it you know fly you over pay you a certain amount of money I said shit yeah let's go yeah. and uh, and I was you know they kind of knew I was going to do this little rules to the blues you can't can't drive a Saab or a, or a Volvo. <laughs> and the whole orchestra had it down. And the minute I did that, they all got up to leave. Because <laughs> it was in Norway where yeah, nothing but what Saabs. What else are you going to drive? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Nothing but Saabs and Volvos. I was going, no, what I meant was Fords. And, you know, Hold on now. Yeah. Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah. yeah After me. ABBA, that was their biggest export, wasn't it? What's that? Volvo. After ABBA. Yeah, Volvo. Yeah. ABBA. No, ABBA was, yeah, Sweden. Sweden. Volvo, Ikea. Okay. That's a there big. It's all pretty much, <laughs> pretty much Gothenburg. Get me Scandinavia's mixed up. Yeah, tell me about it. So, you know, we were talking before, and we were talking about your progression from uh, your first band, the which is The Opposite Six, right. to The Sons of Champlin, mm-hmm. and then the Chicago thing, you know, because, I mean, that you were with that band for so long. The Chicago and, thing was like seven albums, albums and 13 years later. But definitely down the line, right? But you sang on a lot of those tunes, and uh, you know, and played mostly keys with them, or did you play it was some mostly guitar? keys. But there were there were points where I was playing guitar, so it was kind of back and forth. It's always sort of been my mode is back and forth. When really, when I started, all I wanted to do is really play the drums. Well, really? But hey, almost every guy in uh, in uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, I mean, like Phillips said, hey, we're all drummers. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, we doing other stuff because we aren't great drummers. Yeah, <laughs> so, you find the good one out. The well, you know, I found out. I, I know a lot of talk. guys that play circles around me on the drums, but I I enjoy it probably more than anything. Wow. Well, if you got That's good amazing. time and you can stay out of the way, that helps a lot, you know, exactly. as opposed Something to, about. you know, a guy who can play circles, if he's playing circles, that's not the drummer you not necessarily want to work with. Well, right? We went through a, a, a routine at one point. I just said, man, the, the drummer's job is to excite the singer, and the singer's job is to excite the audience. And huh. that's that's the the line that's where, good, where yeah. it goes, you know. So uh, that's why I always loved Tristan Bowden, you, you know. You you know after about two three bars you go this guy's bad to the bone. Next thing you know the gig's over. Yeah, he puts you on a carpet and takes you where you go. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Trish is, Trish yeah, is a great an amazing drummer, drummer. Yeah. and a lot of really good ones. This guy that that on this this album the Wonderground album he mixed most of it played drums on a good portion of it. Alan Hertz played with Scott Henderson and Mike Landau and right. people. And Wonderground is your new uh, band. This is a new band. It's me, Tam, wife, and my wife Tamra. And Gary Falcone, who's a guitarist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Gary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gary's, uh, I was just helping him. He says, hey, man, let's write something for my next solo album. So we wrote something. And he says, can you come in and help us cut it? So he had Burley Burley Drummond and uh, 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 Dean Cortez on bass. And me and Gary on guitar. And I I brought a portable Hammond in there, a a Korg CX-3, I think. Yeah. And... uh, into the session, I kind of ended up producing the session, and Gary was going, "Whoa, this is a whole other move. Let's go over this way." <laughs> you know, so we started. You know, and Tamara and I had had kind of gotten into the lyrics and melodies of this piece that Gary and I started. So it would it, for a while there, it was Gary's solo album. And then all of a sudden, Gary said, "Hey, why don't, you, why, into a- why don't you sing that? Or, just get Tamara in. Tamara can sing that." And then next thing we went knew, we were going, "Hey, this is a band." Yeah. Whether we want to cop to it or not, we wrote most of the stuff on it, and it turned out to be slammingly great. That's isn't that funny? How a lot of things that start out as a project one way, and then yeah. you collaborate with someone, it, it turns a corner. Turns and a corner. And you got something else. Yeah. I mean, that, I wrote some stuff with David Foster on my first thing. I, I wrote I was one, say, one how tune. Did, and, how did that happen in the first place? Well, I kind of knew him. Uh, actually, was that the, a Chicago thing, or was no? It the still Suns, Sons of the Champlain? Sons had done. No, it was uh, my first solo album. Right, was the one that we were, that we basically wrote after the love for, but we ended up you know we ended up having Maurice do it. Maurice wanted two or three other songs on the record. If I would agree to not put them on my record, huh. I passed. I shouldn't have passed. Well, I should have given him anything he wanted because it was I well, am I am was a big album for those guys. Yeah, after the love was a giant song. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So you did you did a lot of stuff with David, and I mean David Foster is one of the great musicians of all yeah, time. Amazing I, hands I, for David. I mean, Greg Mathis is David Foster is the best pop piano player on the earth. Right. Total taste, yeah. and he does everything from Andre Bocelli to R and B to. He's just a just a major musician. I don't I I don't think I've seen him in twenty years. I mean he's in a whole other world than I'm in. You know. But uh, uh, he's he's pretty much a monster. People you know, always say, oh, Foster brought Champlin into Chicago, and it actually was the other way around. Really? Yeah, I got the gig, and then Danny said, what do you think of David Foster as a producer? Because I just finished Runaway, my second album with David. Right. And I knew right off the bat Runaway was gonna was not going to go anywhere because the guy who signed us at Electra was Joe Smith. He left the label about a week before we released my record. Nobody, oh, you, you knew he was going to leave? or I, Yeah, the word was out, and I went, oh, man, my man. record's coming out in what five days. I'm, I'm, I got nobody... Nobody, nobody to help the, you. Yeah, nobody in there. And I think Shit. AC was kind of considered funny. One guy had, had an eight, one AC guy downstairs. Brought it in in a couple of markets here and there, and the song Sarah. Yeah. Beautiful song. I mean, it was Foster. What can you say? He's bad to the bomb. Yeah. yeah and yeah, the, yeah. the combination of me and him was pretty swinging. It was some pretty, pretty good You know, cool uh, years ago, do you, do you know a guy named Donnie Gerard at all? Oh, do you know absolutely. I played with Donnie yeah. before, you know. Donnie, uh, Donnie was used with to play with David, right, yeah. Yeah. with David Foster. and had him because she's a lady. lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Donnie can sing his Last time I saw Donnie, he was singing backgrounds and some duet stuff with Mavis Staples. That's right. I think he's still doing that. Oh, great. Great. Great gig for him. Mavis, yeah. can, He's a you know, she can sing Time, News, and Weather and make it work. Yeah, you know, that's right. Just bad to the bone. And I like. Pop I mean, you can tell I'm a bit of a Stax fan. Yeah, you know? me too. I loved Motown until Baby, Baby, ah, Where Did I Love Go, which is a fine song and everything, but it, you know, Hullabaloo was on every week. Oh, yeah. And that sort of vapid. Until it went too Although poppy. I, I, just, I and they went say, poppy and they went, hey, the money's right here. And they, yeah. did, they really did yeah, a good job, yeah. but they left behind. Some really cool stuff. I, I mean, I have to yeah, say no, though, really. I love David Ruffin. He is one of my favorite singers, singers of all his time. His brother, uh, Jimmy Ruffin. Jimmy Ruffin. They're both great. Another time. Uh, but there uh, was, David you know, actually, some, uh, Holland Dozier and Holland. Uh, Eddie Holland had a record called uh, "Leaving Here" uh, long before the Supremes were even signed. Right. You know, or the or or Stevie, or you know, I thought Stevie was just that's it was just, the that contours was just, yeah, and Smokey and yeah, there was a lot of really cool stuff. Smokey yeah. ended up writing a lot of the stuff. He wrote My Girl, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he didn't record it himself, but you know, I don't know who did. Uh, 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 I mean, Marvin Gaye. To, to this, I don't think anybody's as good as that guy was. Well, one You're guy, I'm right. telling you, have you ever heard the single? This was David Ruffin after The Temptations called "Going to Walk Away from a Love." Mm -hmm. Oh man, that vocal yeah, kills sweet, me. Sweet singer, isn't he? Oh, yeah, it vocal. is one of the most soulful vocals yeah. of all time. Yeah, I, I, I love it. A couple of times I heard him, I definitely wanted to either swear out a warrant or hire a hitman. <laughs> yeah, hey no. dude, just, just give, give me a up, break. One of those. It, just and, give have up, you guys just gone online, seen this? Uh, they did a they did a thing where they found an ISO. Of Marvin Gaye's vocal on Grapevine. Yeah, I think I. Oh, heard yeah. oh man, you, and he didn't really particularly dig the song. Yeah, Gladys had just had a hit with it. It was you know? it's outrageous. And enough. you just listen to it. You, I, mean, I think it was like one pass. Now, what people don't know about Marvin, all the Mary Wells records, Marvin was playing drums. He played piano on some stuff. Yeah, too, and, yeah. Well. He was really just a, a fine, way more of a musician than just a singer. Oh yeah. And you know, I find that most of the most of the singers that I really like are players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, somebody said, "Well, what do you what do you get when you bring in background vocalists?" I bring in players. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think usually the, keyboard guys. I mean, well, Tom you know, Kelly, well, Tom Kelly, and times. me and Bobby. I mean, we when I went double scale in, in the scene around here, which was unheard of at the time. I was the first guy to just say, "Hey, let's just go, let's just go double." Everybody else, you know, the, the players are. So we started doing it. It was right around the time I had Bobby Kimball and Michael McDonald. To, to go do dates with. Wow. You know? So it was like, this kind of works. Yeah. And it just kind Fantastic. of lifted the whole thing up. So the background date started to become What, what era was that? Like? It was, and they, I'd say it was, for for the doobies, it was between the the taking it to the streets record and the What a Fool Believes. Right. And there was a little period there where Michael was kind of not doing much. Yeah. I said, hey, dude, you feel like working? Sure. Let's yeah. go. I said, you know, let's go do oohs and ahs. 
Yeah. You know, ooze and ahs for rent, what I used to wow. call it. And Michael Amazing. was just, hey, man, I got nothing to do. Let's go do it. There's what the hell, bring in a couple of checks go here do, and there. Yeah. Well, why go not? There's another tune by, uh, Great um, singer. Uh, <laughs> by Marvin Gaye called Stubborn Kind of Fellow. It's oh, yeah. one of my favorites. I'm just a stubborn kind of fella. Got my mind made up about you. Uh, there's another one. It was a great distant slow love shuffle. I don't is a that. slow tune, but the harmonies in the background are yeah. just. He usually had Martha, Martha and the Mandela yeah. singing backs for him yeah. on Hitchhike and Stubborn Kind of Fella. Right. The first album was Southern. Stubborn you know, kind of it was weird. Here I we go. This, it's just really showing our age. I, I saw this no, thing. It, it, it was one of these Motown list. anniversary shows, yeah. and Martha came out. And I swear, I mean, and I used to love her vocals. What, yeah. Love makes me do foolish things, yeah. quicksand, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, heat wave, all that kind Dancing of stuff. Dancing in the street. Dancing in the street. Yeah. But she had this vibrato. It sounded like Mrs. Miller or something. I mean, it <laughs> yeah, was the I weirdest. I mean, and I think a lot of the guys were kind of looking at her like, whoa. I mean, well, you know, some, what are you trying to do? Like, on oh, some oh, people, oh, age catches up with yeah, them and they no, just it wasn't don't working, well. You know. I, I think I've been kind of lucky. I've been able to get away with it a little bit. I mean, in here, we're just singing really quietly, but I can project if I need yeah, to. Yeah, no, you sound great. And you don't look that good. I, but I, you sound <laughs> hey, man, I got, no, a great, I, I got a great face for radio. I, I, <laughs> me too. I heard you guys recently, and it, that's a hell of a band you've got there, and you guys sound fantastic. You and Wonder Tamara. Pretty, yeah, the three of us with Gary and Tamara and me. Is that how, what's happened first, the professional relationship or the romance? I mean, did you start With working? me and Tam? Yeah. I've Kind of both. Kind of both at once. Yeah, we're, you, both, we're both. We're both. Because you sound rampant, fantastic together. Yeah, we're rampant musicians. Yeah. You know, and when I was out of Chicago, I just kind of went, well, you know, I've been in that band for, probably joined that band the same year Tamara and I got married. Yeah. Wow. And I went, you know, it's 28 years, and the time I've spent with Tamara is maybe 16 or 17 of those 28 years. Yeah. It's not on the road on the time. Yeah. So when I got out of it, I went, I'm going to work with Tam as much as I possibly can. Yeah. First of all, because I just loved being together. Second of all, because that girl, that bird, Doc Cupcrisp <laughs> used to say, that bird can chirp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, could, she sings when she gets a microphone. We were doing some, what I call formerly of dates, you know, with John Elefante, Bobby yeah. Kimball, me, different people. And I had Tamara with me on it, and, and, and we just pulled, put together one of her tunes that nobody knows. And audiences, you know, they're there to hear the hits. Yeah, man, they go out of the they walk out that. of the building singing her song. Really? Yeah, I mean, she tear the place apart. People go, "Well, I don't know who this chick." Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One note, and she's just—I mean, yeah, I just see people in the audience just jaws drop right and left, and that's how good she is. So when you're in L.A., like you do gigs like these bogey gigs, I'm sure it's not probably for the money necessarily no, at those insane. kind of gigs. Yeah. No, but no uh, you know, but you like playing live and you like playing in a small room where you can actually hear the sound, the acoustics oh, yeah. of the yeah, room. Absolutely, and you know, and there's then, none of there's none of these the, these toys that people are sticking in their ears all the time, which I don't yeah. I think of, there's there's a I've I've got an issue with them. With yeah. in-ear monitor. like in-ear monitors, yeah. Well, stuff, I think yeah. what happens is, like, say for instance, you got a really good band. They put in in-ear monitors. They get a certain mix, and they go, "Wow, man, that guitar solo just about blew my head off." So let me turn down the guitar. Yeah, and, and you check you it, and you can just hear his rhythm enough. And then when that guy plays a solo, you don't really hear it. Yeah, because rhythm. Listening. See, rhythm guitar spikes. Right, it's actually louder than lead. Yeah, even though the lead sounds like, you know. Uh, preempt and, well, and rhythm guitar sustained. is more important. Well, right, the well, tune lays in the yeah. rhythm. I mean, but you what, know, what yeah. I've what I've noticed is that people aren't hearing great performances by other people. Now, the thing that makes me great is the guy right next to me just threw off a screamer, and I go, "Oh, we're doing this now, are we? Yeah, let's all get going." And everybody makes everybody better. So, it, as the set goes on, things are starting to heat up, starting yeah. to rain. Anybody has a really good performance, and everybody else does. When you when you have the same mixer and you're playing, you know, it's like the same songs over and over again. Yeah. I understand that just performing the songs, but after a while, what you have is a series, especially because if you're on Pro Tools anyway, might as well use a click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, so I mean, taking... I spent I spent a year, a year and a half. I was doing cans for a couple of years, and then I got into in-ears because I kind of had to. And I had a I had a cowbell. Yeah. You know, hard habit to break. I was acting as if clank, 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 <laughs> clank. Yeah, bring yeah. in a vocal with that going on. So, you know what I mean? in increments, the in-air thing. It's is slowly but the, surely you start losing. The human touch you know, and then if, and if some yeah. of the other singers I are out of tune, you. I'll just kind of have them turned down. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's you, it's me and Tris. 
in my in-ears, and I listened to somebody else's. I'm listening to the trombone player's mix one time by mistake. I got his mix. All he had in there was trombone. Yeah. What is that about? Oh, yeah. You know. So he kind of Jason was playing through a pod, so there was no air being pushed on the stage and in bass. That's why I kind of love, you know, playing with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Takes the humanity out of it. It just yeah. becomes... Which is not good for a band. Yeah, it just becomes... Now, some guys can, can play through it. Doobies use them. Yeah. They sound great. I don't think those guys have ever had a bad show. Yeah. They smoke like a freight train, you know? So yeah. they... I, I don't know what they're getting in their cans, but it's working, you know, for some... And cans, I say, in-ear monitors yeah. or headphones, headphones or, or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that, you know, I've been noticing is that there's, you know, and this is to save money, where you see these guys coming up, singers. I heard this one vocal group, and they were playing to tracks, singing to tracks. And I, you know, I was so disappointed because the thing when you're playing with a live drummer and you're playing with a live, you know, live band, when things are happening, the swell, you know, you kind of swell and you kind of feel things and it takes you to different places. If you're playing to a track, that track is never going to change. You know, it's going to be the same thing every time. And I don't know how inspired you can get, even if it's a good track, when nothing... You know, it just it's gonna depends on your mood that night. I guess. But no matter what it is, I know there was one point where we were playing the clicks with Chicago, and you know, depending on what the the trombone player one day would go to Tris and say, "Man, you're playing 25 or whatever it was. You're playing it too fast." So I'm playing it to the click. Next day, you say, "Man, that thing's way it's slow." Too slow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, it yeah. kind of depends on his his algorithms yeah. or yeah. you know his biorhythms that day. How or, much coffee you drank, or how much coffee? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, with me, that'll be the, That's the name of my scene, you know. But I mean, th- those kind of situations kind of come around, come around pretty regularly, and so that's why a lot of people really kind of demand to have a click track and everything. And I've also found that now, okay, remember your first Walkman. Yeah. And you're cranking it, and you're digging this band, and as the as the song fades, it sounds like it's Doppler. It sounds like it's going flat. Yeah. yeah. What it is when it's when it's loud, it goes sharp. You hear it sharp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're tuning to that, and you're tuning on uh, with your vocal in there, you're gonna be sharp. Yeah. You're gonna be sharp. So yeah. I found that that most people using in ears are between eleven and twenty cents sharp. Yeah. Well, just kind of what it sort of the it's it's the nature of the beast. If you're getting any volume out. Yeah, and you and you and you you find yourself leaning toward more volume to try to get that shit that you had when you were working with monitors. So there's a lesson in there, kids. So, so you, do, well, do I mean, it's like right it's like when digital recording first came out. The, the thing that everybody was really striving to get was to make it sound like tape. I right. I tried my first. It was Mo Two Twenty Four Hundred Eight or something. Yeah. I was going. Well, I'll 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 try to get into digital a little bit for nine hundred dollars rather than twenty thousand. Yeah, you know, and I had a, a Sony MCI twenty four over in the corner, and I was just everybody was saying, "Oh man, this sounds more like tape." Okay. Why don't we just use tape? Why, you know? yeah, why, you're yeah. going through you're going through all of this buying new stuff and doing this that, and everything, and you got a tape yeah. sitting right over there. Alan Hertz is, is one of the best drummers that I know, uh, that I've heard in a long time, uh, is probably one of the better one of the better mixers that I know. Oh, he, really? he ended up mixing most of this album. He's really? insane. He's a your drummer on the Wonderground thing. Yeah, on a lot of it. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah. live. Live right. live. we were using Burley, Drummond, and Mary Harris from okay. uh, Ambrosia. Okay. And Bill Bodine plays bass. Yeah. And Bodine's been around for a long time. He plays, he, okay. either either plays bass or trumpet. He so he's with, he down here with, or up yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. You know. He used to play with John Arbitrating, didn't yeah. he? Bill Bodie. Yeah. Fantastic. Bill's been around for a long time. His feel is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You know? Super. And he's such a such a great musician. No sense of humor. Wrong. <laughs> fun. None fun of these guys dude, are fun, fun dude to hang with. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we have a ball with him. So that's kind of what the what Wonderground is now. You never know what's going to be next week, but at the moment that's what it is. But you guys Ambrosia's playing, kicking right? in pretty hard these days. I mean, they're working more and more and more. That was so a I'm, great band back that is in the a great day, too. Band. It is a they great band. They are still yeah. slamming. They but got it's, uh, you know, great new singers. They got Doug Jackson playing guitar. You know, Doug? I don't know. He's a no, butt kicker guitar player. Yeah. He's a major, you know, he can play it real clean, real straight, real back behind it, and then when it comes solo time, good night, Gracie. He's just up, yeah. and, up and running. There's a, you know, I go to this place called the Write Off Room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that before. And Dean Parks and uh, George Deering and all these great players, um, uh, Steve oh. Lindsay, all these guys yeah. play there. Finnegan and Abraham oh, are yeah. playing, in, yeah. playing in a band. There's a guy that I heard there. His name is Doug Livingston. Do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. 
this guy, he's a well. He was playing pedal steel. He's supposed to be a fantastic jazz piano player. I think player. I saw a YouTube but of him. But this guy is taking a pedal steel to places I've never heard. I mean, he's yeah. playing voicings. They were like doing like this stylistics tune, let the sideshow begin, or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know they kind of pull all these, uh, you know, like tune number thirty-four, let the sideshow begin, stylistic. They pass it out and then they look at everybody everybody looks at the sheet music for about three minutes and yeah. then goes three four and go right into the tune it's like watching the wrecking crew <laughs> you know because these guys are like pros and they could read anything yeah. Yeah. but this guy <laughs> we used to say that guy steel, could read the fly shit off the page you right know what I mean? <laughs> well this guy is paying playing pedal steel and he's playing all these voicings it's nothing yeah. like country they do steel. one one uh, uh one uh, uh slide my kid came up with a thing where you could do two different slides, so on, on, uh, on just on on, a, on regular guitar, and and change chords. Do, oh yeah, do so chord you, can, you can minor and, and yeah, you can seven. you can catch yeah. this. You know, you can catch some of the strings with this and some of the strings with this, and tune it up a little differently. So you, I mean, I was just like, oh man, yeah. this other these thing guys are like, math. It's a math quiz city. To yeah, well, this up, other stuff know. was like playing like. Sharp five, flat yeah. nine, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but all this stuff, you know, that stuff you that's against never the law. Hear. It is for pedal steel. I mean, yeah. you hear guys playing pedal steel. It's country. This was like yeah. he could have played country Mozart. or Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah, but this was neither. This was he could have been playing Mozart or he could have been playing, you know, Bill Evans. anything. Yeah. Bill Evans. It yeah. was kind of close. And wow, from what I understand, I check him out. and from what I understand, he's a fantastic jazz piano player too. Yeah. So he would. You, have you to know, be we were talking about harp a little while ago. You hip to Howard Levy. No, he played harp with uh, Bela Fleck for a while. All right, and he shows up. Mm -hmm. a great piano player, but I mean Stevie heard him and said, "Man, that guy gets stuff out of the chromatic like I can't believe." And they yeah. said, "Stevie, that's a blues harp. This guy wow. plays like Toots Thielemann wow. stuff." Yeah, I saw Toots with a blues numerous harp. times wow. play live with chromatic. Oh, and, and, Toots, and none Toots of the none of the not, no buttons. Toots Thielemann was, was just like he was. He was insane. He was yeah. a freak. There's a guy. There's and another he also guy. was a great guitar player, by the way. Oh, too. really? I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> and playing Whistler, and he did one thing where he just whistled uh -huh. it. But uh, there's another <laughs> guy around town here that was on. Actually, Foster was doing J.P. Morgan's album. And he had this guy Les Thompson. I've he was that. in that same world as yeah. Toots, you know. But this guy Howard Levy, you, if you get a Gotta chance check to him check out. him out, yeah. and then he sits down at the piano and forget about it. He's yeah. just one of those guys that you know. I swore out a couple of warrants, but they couldn't catch him. They, they, didn't, they didn't get him. Yeah, yet. I mean, you got to go to jail for that. You know, I, I don't know whether you guys are aware of Jacob, Jacob Collier, but that. Oh God, yeah. That'll scare you. To oh death. yes, that's, the kid from. That's uh, another. Yeah, okay, I give up. It's another yeah. another yeah, one. Have you have you seen the like new one? He's got all, all night long the Lionel Richie tune. Ridiculous. Forget about it. And then he got take six on it, like he needs take six. Yeah. But uh, you know, because those guys, you know, I mean, I remember when I first time I heard take six, I went. That's the end of the triad. For me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then we did something. We did a Chicago record where we where we were working with Mervyn Warren, who was the arranger on a lot of that stuff. Right. And Mervyn was going, "Well, here's just a good three part thing." And I said, three part, let's voice it out." He says, "Well, I don't want people thinking that that's all I do is these voiced out things." I said, "Too late." Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So I've been I've been copping your stuff well, for, for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, Amy Grant, you did some stuff with Amy, right? Yeah, I worked with Amy on uh, on a couple of her first records. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, "Oh man, they're making great Christian records in uh, in Nashville." And I'm going Nashville. I did it in North Hollywood. What are you talking about? Uh huh. Uh, Brown Bannister didn't, came. Didn't out you live here. in Nashville for a while? We did for a while, and it was just all I really got was allergies, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> man, right. and you know, it's funny when I was down there. I, I did a couple of dates, a couple of uh, vocal dates down there, and one producer said, "Bill." You're sounding local, because I oh, sounded yeah. like this, you know. Yeah. So when you, whenever you hear a twangy, real twangy uh, singer, it's there's a fifty percent chance of style and fifty percent chance of pollen. Really? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or spores or whatever. That's it Nashville, it's yeah. funny when I first got wow. there, we got we got into the house that we bought, and uh, and there was just wasps the size of a Volkswagen just really? flying around. So I I, I called in a. Uh, you know, past guy it was Orkin or uh, one of those Terminix or one yeah. of those companies, and the guy came over and the guy came and talked like this. He was just, he, you know, sounded like he was working for King of the Hill. You know, I mean, he just the twangiest voice I'd ever seen. So we go around the back of the house. He says, "Let me see. Let me see. Find where these things are." You know, and it was, and I was just going, "Oh, here's a shit kicker if I ever met one." You know, so, and he said, "Hey, y'all know you live next door to George Jones?" I said, "Yeah, you know, he's got a he's got a pad over there." He said, "You know, they say he's the best country singer to ever live." And I said. 
here it comes. <laughs> you know, oh, here comes the, you know, here comes the, yeah. yeah. I said, yeah, he's, I'll give him this. He's in tune. He's an in tune yeah. singer. He said, you know, personally, I hate that twangy shit. As far as, I, <laughs> as, far as I'm concerned, Oh, music died. Music died the day that Otis Redding did it. Really, like, really. Wow. wow, dig that, man! It's a, Straight the, from the stop judging. Guy. Stop judging books by the cover, yeah. Bill. It was just another little a knock little on lesson. your doors that don't yeah. don't how, judge. How were you received there, being like a West Coast guy? Well, and I had all that? I had done a handful of records. You know, I'd, I've done some stuff for. Uh, Bill Schnee used to call me and Rose Stone and a and a country singer to back up country singers. Yeah, you know. Uh, so you're on. You've so I've, I've done a handful. I mean, or? and my, you know, and I've done some Stephen Curtis Chapman records and a handful right. of, handful of records, and and uh, I was well known for my vocal arranging. So yeah. when I got there, it was cool. Now the other thing is, is that usually those people that pretty much had those gigs, very territorial about letting anybody in. And I think of the course. word got out is, you don't want to let Champlin in. He's going to take it all. Yeah. You know, so they closed the books. On so I think that, I think yeah. a lot of ways that, the, that the, the doors got closed somewhere along the line. My buddy Rick Vito moved down there, and he's I ran from Philly. Yeah. He's from Philly, so I, I had a feeling he lived that in Leapers Fork, I think. Right? Uh, I'm not exactly sure where yeah. he lives down there, yeah. but when he first moved down there, I called him up and I said. Uh, hello, I was calling about your ad in the paper, and he goes, uh, 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 "What ad?" He goes, "About the pig," you know, and he says, uh, uh, "Pig, uh, yeah, the pink one," you know, and then he went, "You asshole," yeah, and he recognized the Norm. voice, yeah. and it was like, yeah. you know, I couldn't leave it alone, you know. So, yeah. but I figured he's like a Philly guy in Nashville. I mean, I can imagine that it's probably a bounty on. Well, you know, I ran now. into him down there right, right a little bit after I moved there. It was in, uh, I think we we're in Franklin. Uh -huh. We both happened to be at the same restaurant, and he just came up and said, "You Bill?" I said, "Yeah, Rick Vito." I said, "Hey, dude, what are you doing?" Mm -hmm. So I just kind of had a conversation with him. I said, "So you working at all around here?" He said, "No, man, doors closed." Yeah, yeah. He said, "You know, uh, Brent." And he's Mason, one of the Brent great Mason gets it all. players he's of all time. Monster. Yeah. yeah, I love Rick's playing. I played for two years in a band with him. Oh way. man, it must be fun. It was great. Yeah, he's he's an amazing, amazing guitar player. And one, one of the my great favorites. steel players these days. He's playing like you know slide. On so much stuff, because I mean, he was one who played like a yeah. rock, you know, with Bob Seger and all yeah. that, you know. But I mean, but he's like one of the funkiest R&B guitar oh, players yeah. on it's, the planet. Rick can do anything. He's yeah. one of. He's just one of those guys. Another guy I want to swear out a warrant for. You know? yeah, he's <laughs> a multi-talent. He's, he's just bad boy. So, yeah, but you know, he was saying, not. Nice. He says, I just. I go over to Europe occasionally, go to Japan occasionally. He's he kind of making that. goes and does his King Paris thing. And he's yeah, the, yeah, he's yeah. got. A, he's, he said I got a little move going. He said I don't. I don't even. I stopped even trying to get involved in this scene here. Yeah, it's a pretty closed off scene. You know. Yeah, scene. I mean it's it's, it's a kind of a closed door situation. You know, Brent Mason gets a lot of work. I know a friend of mine, really, Vince. really great. Well, Vince. Um, Vince is not out to become a session guy at this point. Right. He doesn't need to. <laughs> but uh, but the yeah. guy that plays with him on all the Christmas stuff, Tom Hemby. You know Tom. I know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Michael turned, Rhodes is another yeah, guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. He plays with I turned, Joe. Yeah. I turned Jay on to Tom, Tom Hemby. They became really great friends. And, and they said, well, let's pull out some guitars and play and everything. Jay called me a couple of days later. He said, man, thanks for turning me on to Tom. I will never play in the same room as that guy again. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody like that since Ted Green. You know, I mean, Ted was my buddy. Yeah, yeah. Ted, I Ted knew was, Ted very well. He yeah, was I mean, a he was, monster in he so was, many He wrote ways. the book on, on Absolutely. a lot of levels. And yeah. he did, Chord Chemistry. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, shoot another guy he wanted to shoot. Like, absolutely. Can't, can't get it now. I mean, yeah, he's he's gone, passed away. But he was the greatest. You know, so. He's lovely. So, right, uh, Bill, go you got a guitar. Why don't you pick up a guitar again? Let's hear you uh, take this on out. I'm so honored because uh, Bill well, thank is. thank you for having me. I mean, I've been, I, uh, I go by this place idol. all the time. Sometimes I go to the coffee place next door. And I, I walked in one day. Nobody knew who I was. I just looked at the guitars. And first thing I thought was, you know, you guys need some guitars. We need <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Put years and years ago, I don't know whether you, we, you remember it. Years and years ago, we had a guy named Dwayne Bailey in our band. Uh-huh. Yeah. A really, really talented guitarist. Just I remember singular him, yeah. kind of player is his yeah. own guy. He played with Seeger for a while mm -hmm. and then he got a got a gig with us. And he had a friend of his who was in who I think lived in St. Louis. And and Dwayne said, Hey, this guy's trying to sell a, a small tweed deluxe. Yeah. And he says and, and and you know, somehow he had talked to Norm Norman's rare guitarist and you guys were like we're in. Come yeah. on, bring it by. We'll get yeah. it. And he's and then he realized that he'd actually promised it to me. So I got away. I got out of there for the you dog. For, we were still for waiting like, for that one. Yeah, you're still waiting for it. It's right up the street. You, you need know, it. You got it. You know, we haven't eaten since then. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs>
it well, was that's cool. I got I take a look at me. He sold it me yeah. for like 400 bucks or something. It's a beautiful little amplifier. I had to work on it a little bit because it was so old, the capacitors all dried out. You yeah. know, that happens. And if you feel like you're kind of, you know, not happy with that deal, I'm willing to cash you out of that at any <laughs> time. I'll never get rid I'm of quite it. a guy. So, <laughs> I love it. Anyhow, the great Bill Champlin, one of my idols, mm. one of the great uh, keyboard players, guitar players, singers. Uh, Vocal arrangers, everything from the band Chicago I've to. I know to park cars. Park cars, you doing now? I'm Valet Parker. Well, you know, this is LA. Sometimes it's hard with these rents here. You got to kind of double time and do some other stuff. <laughs> Wouldn't we quick with it? Just blew my mind. Joe Williams was telling me, he said, man, one of the first times I uh, I got into doing any soundtracks, you know, Joe Williams, and yeah, John course, Williams' yeah. son, right? Yeah. Great singer. Sing, been singing with Toto for the last eight or nine years, I guess. And uh, But he said there was a guy. In film school, that had a story. He was going to do a short film. Had a story about a guy from the Midwest who wanted to come to L.A. to become a waiter. Right? <laughs> so he got to L.A. There were no gigs available. So he, he's a good-looking guy. So he got in a commercial or two. Next thing you know, he got a he's TV an actor. show. He's yeah. still waiting to get, a, to get a gig as a waiter. Next thing you know, he says, well, I'm in it. I might as well write a screenplay. He writes a hit screenplay. Next, next thing you know, he's a director directing hits one after the other. And somebody says, well, what's it like so far? He says, well, this will hold me until I get my job as a waiter. <laughs> <laughs> and how many waiters? He says, well, I really am an actor. You know? yeah. And, and yeah. Joe said, oh, I'm, I'm in. I'm going for it. You know? And apparently John Cryer heard about it. And he, he offered up his services. And it was just this guy's, uh, the last... You know the the tail end. You know I'm, everybody has to come in with a movie for the end of the class, that's and that's the one he came up with. That I don't know. It always just knocked me out. Very cool. Well, it's been a ball having my buddy Bill Champlin and Nick Dias. These guys really play well together, and you know we throw Nick in the tell fire. Tell your old mama. Tell your sister, yeah. Everybody spread the news. Wondering about the change in Papa. Papa's learned to pay the blues. Oh, my Papa would learn play the blues. Papa went looking for a hobby. Then he went to hear B.B. King He drank some apple juice in the lobby Now he's doing a whole new thing Oh, my papa's doing a whole new thing When he sings this song Make you wanna sing along When it bends those notes, the whole room floats away. Papa play, Papa play. Hey, that's the Sons of Champlin tune. Is that right, Bill? Yes. Was that in, on closing of the Fillmore? been three months since we seen Papa. What happened to our dear old dad? He'd been on a tour of the one-night stands with his three-piece rock and roll band. Oh, what happened to our dear old dad? When he sings this song, was the great Bill Champlin, my buddy Nick Dias. Thank you, guys. I'm so grateful for you guys for listening. And make sure if you want to see what this video is, you go to the All Guitar Network the following Tuesday, and you get to see uh, some senior citizens playing the 
Citizen. <laughs> I seen your citizen round the corner. That's right. So uh, thank you guys again. We're really grateful. And by the way, um, just is uh, a thing called uh, what they were playing. Yeah. Uh, we've got Nick. You were playing right there. You were playing. Uh, it's a, a, like oh, a fifty-seven. Is it an 018 or double O? It's a double O. Double O yeah, 18. Me favorite. Both sound beautiful. Like and it. Bill was playing a Martin, I believe that's a C2 conversion done by Joel Whitehead or yeah, Luthier. Yeah, used to be an arch top. And he took the top off, made it into a flat top, made it much more practical for most purposes. So uh, that's what we were playing, or that's what they were playing, and that's what I was looking at. You want to tell them which which guitars I'm going to be stealing out of the other room? No, uh, well, we haven't we haven't I determined that. I know you're a fast runner, but <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me and you it. can see them on stage with uh, with Wonderground. Yeah. And if people want to see you in the future too, you have like a web presence. Yeah, and all I mean, that it's BillChamplin.com. It's pretty easy to you know. Plus, if you want to get this record, which is this Wonderground record, we've got it. You can just call. Just call. Uh, well, I think it's on CD Baby to start with, but you want to just do it a little cheaper and so on and so forth. Like that. Just get in touch with it's billchamplin.com forward slash store. Cool. So, and we got t shirts, we you got all kinds of stuff. Got to, we're we're kind of running low, but somebody took all the Sun stuff. And, you know, there was seven albums. I mean, three on Capitol, one on CBS, and three, and th three on. Uh, Back on Capital again was Areola Records, right? But it was an offshoot of Capital, and this guy and this remastering guy just took all these records and remastered them. In really? England. I just went online one day and said, "Wow, some guy remastered these things." I went, "Jesus, this were you happy bright. with how it turned out?" Oh, it was insane. So Tamara got in touch with him. We got got a thing going, and we just had him send us cases of them. Oh, fantastic! So there's fantastic. two different albums. One's got uh, the first Sons Loosen Up Naturally album, which is a double album. And uh, and two other records, the first three Sons records, and then the next one's got four four records, no, no doubles. So you got four four sides in each one, and it's insane, beautiful. Wow. I mean, this guy did a really good job. Fantastic. They're they're they've kind of stopped doing it. So we're what what's left of them is here. So you can get them at Bill Champlin. You can get them BillChamplin.com forward slash store. Okay. Cool. And uh, support your artists because I mean these are artists yeah. that actually play instruments and sing and it's not you know i don't consider playing a turntable necessarily i mean i guess there's an art form to it i some of it kind of goes by me a little bit you know, i heard a story where this guy guy calls a friend of his he says at three in the morning he says, man you got to come over man i got the coolest thing on this record the coolest thing and he plays a record and, he, and you hear a james brown scream he says, that's yeah. it he's that's just james brown he says yeah but i i was the first one to think of it uh -huh. yeah. yeah. So an artist nowadays, the first one to think of it, you know, to think of of doing. And so I mean, I've always just looked at Hollywood and L.A. as pretty much, at the, you know, bowing and genuflecting to the best fax copy, yeah, or Xerox copy of the first one to sample it. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the the real deal a little hard, a little hard to deal with, you know. Oh, he's got an attitude. Why? He's a musician. <laughs> but seriously, go see the band because absolutely, they're, they're really fantastic. Good. Yeah, so come on out to Bogies and you're gonna love it. And check the the uh, video of the podcast at the All Guitar Network. Thank you guys so much. Thanks a bunch, you guys. Bye. Thank you guys for listening. You can get us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a good rating. We could use it. Thank you very much.